Welcome to the Dr. Wayne Dyer Radio Podcast. Discover the wisdom and remarkable insights of Dr. Dyer, world-renowned spiritual teacher and foremost authority on how the power of your mind creates your world. And you are a veteran, aren't you, Dr. Dyer? I am. Weren't you a squid? A squid? (laughs) Isn't that what they call guys in the Navy? No, I never heard that one. No. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't called a lot of work, though, I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, San Diego's a big uh, military town. Oh, and, uh, I know, I know. I've been there many, many here. times. I was there when I was in the Navy on my ship, the USS Ranger, which at that time, in 1960, 61, was the largest ship in the world. Wow. And today, it's uh, it's not. It's not even in commission any longer. But, uh, but I'm still in commission. Um, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Anyway, it's a very special day, and I'd just like to say a few words and, and encourage everyone out there listening to uh, to go to my Facebook page today and uh, see what I posted on there. There's a picture of myself and my brother David. Um, most of you know that I spent the first 10 years of my life in a series of uh, foster homes and orphanages uh, until I was reunited with my, my, with my next oldest brother and my mother and her new husband, my stepfather, um, when I was 10 years old. Uh, so I posted a picture of Dave and I um, twice, uh, one we were about three and four, and another one we were about seven and eight, uh, and then a picture of us uh, together today, because uh, um, Veterans Day has always been a very, very special thing for me. Um, I was uh, really blessed after I got out of the Navy, after doing four years of, of uh, duty overseas, um, I went to uh, Wayne State University and uh, and. My all my they passed they re, after I got out of the service uh, in 1962 about 1965 or 66 they passed a, a law allowing anybody who had been in uh, active duty for four years um, to uh, be benef- beneficiaries of the uh, of the GI Bill so my entire uh, graduate school program was all paid for by the uh, by the GI Bill which was just something I couldn't have afforded to do at that time uh, had it not been for that. I always say it was one of the best investments they ever made because, uh, you know, get, my getting through that Ph.D. And, and, and getting that title and all of that uh, ended up me giving back to the United States government uh, many, many, many millions of dollars in taxes that I have paid as a result of that. So it's a, I've always thought that was such a great investment to in, invest in in our young people, especially our veterans, but all of them, and, and, and helping them get through school because uh, they, they pay it back in a very, very, very big way. Um, which I've done and I continue to do, and I'm in such a state of gratitude uh, for that. And um, being a veteran is something that I'm very, very proud of. I learned some of my most important lessons in life uh, right there when I was stationed on on board an aircraft carrier, and then for the last 18 months I was stationed on Guam, um, where I was able to really begin uh, studying and preparing myself to get ready to go to college. which I started when I was 22 after I was uh, discharged in 1962. Uh, <clears throat> so those years in the in the service, even though I couldn't wait to get out, they were. I always say you have to um, you have to experience what you don't want just as much as what you do want in order to in, in life in order to know what direction to go. And I experienced that I didn't want to live the life of a military person, you know, dressing like everybody else and taking orders and so on. But I also learned a lot of. Uh, a lot of very, very important lessons about, about discipline and uh, and about uh, about love for your country. Um, that was the year that uh, you know uh, President Kennedy made his uh, you know when I was in the service uh, made his famous comment uh, in his first inaugural address: "Ask not what you you know you can do for your country, 
or what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. And that really struck me. In fact, I wrote an entire chapter about that and how impactful that was on me uh, in my book, I Can See Clearly Now. Um, but the person that I really wanted to pay tribute to, and I want to read what that's on there, but I'd like all of you out there today, if you would, just go to my Facebook, Dr. Wayne Dyer uh, Facebook, uh, and um, and perhaps even uh, make a comment uh, to my brother Dave. He'll be list- he'll be reading the comments all day long. There's already a couple of hundred of them on there. It's only been posted for a few hours, um, and just sort of give uh, I don't know, just give a tribute to Dave, who's a symbolic of so many people. He won the Bronze Star over there, which is the fourth highest honor that you can receive in the military. Uh, for his heroic service uh, over there uh, as, a, as a medic, uh, taking care of wounded people. Um, he also uh, contacted uh, Parkinson's disease um, because of the Agent Orange, which he now has, uh, he gets benefits from. Um, so it slowed him down a lot, but uh, he, he, it has, uh, it slowed him down physically, but it hasn't mentally because it's been something that really turned his entire life around. And, um, so you'll see that you can see the pictures on there. You can see us as two little ragamuffins. In, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that yet, Diane. But no, the pictures I want to see it. On there, our, our little suspenders and our little shorts. We never, we never had new clothes at all, and our haircuts were just like they put a bowl over our head and shaved around it, and uh, that's the way it was in those days. And uh, there were lots and lots of kids in the same situation. But um, this is what I wrote, and that's, I'm gonna, I'd like to read the whole thing. I, I don't know if I can get through it without tearing up, but. Uh, it's the second time I've read it today. But, uh, so this is what I said. I said, as a, Vietnam, as a veteran myself, uh, this has always been a very special day of remembrance for me. However, this year, I would like to pay tribute to my brother David, the recipient of the Bronze Star, for his extraordinary service during the most horrific years of the Vietnam War. He writes here about an incident that changed his life forever as he held the hand of a dying soldier. Dave and I were inseparable during the first decade of our lives as we moved about through a series of foster homes. I honor you, my brother, on this day where we all convey our deepest gratitude for those who served so valiantly. I love you, Dave, and I salute you on this very special day. And then uh, I posted something that he wrote uh, on the 16th day of October, which is his, uh, which is his 75th birthday. Uh, uh, It says, uh, on this uh, past 16th day of October, my brother Wayne posted on his Facebook page, today more than ever I seem to be immersed in an infinite state of gratitude. I was reading Emerson this morning. This is my quote. I was reading Emerson this morning, and these words spoke to me. Cultivate the habit of being grateful for everything good that comes to you and give thanks continuously because all things have contributed to your advancement. You should therefore include all things in your gratitude. And this is what that's what Emerson said. Yes, I am grateful for all things, even those that appeared to be obstacles at the time. I encourage you to adopt this freeing attitude that my spiritual mentor, uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson, reminded me on this, the 76th birthday of my brother, David, who traveled with me through so many early experiences that made us both better and stronger men. On that same 16th day of October, as I entered the fourth, this is my brother, David, now speaking. On that same 16th day of October, as I entered the fourth quarter century of my life, I do so with great anticipation and undying gratitude. All of the, all of the good, the bad, and the indifferent have led me to where I am today. Where might that be? As Dave continues, eight months ago, our Creative Writers Club assignment was to write about our opinion of what paradise is. 
I wrote in detail of how I not only found paradise, but also about how I am living in paradise today. Yes, I do have Parkinson's disease. This is something I have not only learned to accept, I have grown to love it. It is a part of me. How could I not love any part of my being and be able to love others? It can't be done. You cannot reach out and give to anyone something you do not have within you. This is Dave continuing. It is still the 16th day of October, and as I was putting my basketball teams together for the fantasy sports competition, there was a knock at my door. It was my friend Tommy. Tommy is the 14-year-old son of my very dear friend, Beth Ann Rogers. Tommy said, my mom wants to see you. I looked straight ahead, and there she was, in the driver's seat of her van. Even from that distance, I could see her beautiful smile that could light up any room as she waved to me. Beth Anna, former gymnast, is now into her 22nd year with multiple sclerosis. <clears throat> I walked to her car, and as she rolled down the window, she handed me a book. The book was wrapped with a ribbon on top. I noticed the title was Chicken Soup. I thought, what a nice thought. She's given me a book filled with chicken soup recipes. I pulled off the ribbon and opened the front cover. She had written in her words, Dear David, happy birthday. You have enriched my life through our friendship. Thank you for sharing your life story with me. May this book remind you how you are not alone as a Vietnam survivor. Your music is enlightening all of us. God bless Beth Ann. Once again, I looked at the cover. The title is Chicken Soup for the Veteran's Soul. I turned in very early on that 16th day of October, Dave continues. I was anxious to begin reading my new book. There are well over 100 short stories in that book. Just about every one of them brought about a welling in my eyes. Many of them were about Vietnam. There is one in particular I'd like to share. And he continues. Without a doubt, he says, my most vivid memory of Vietnam was the 22-year-old uh, burn patient that died in my hands while crying for his mother with his final breath. I'd like to think that I'd like to think that he knew someone was with him. I had my hand on him and could hear mumbling sounds but could not make out the words. All I could see were the whites of his eyes. I very very clearly heard his last word, mom. I was the only one to witness this. There were many many other patients that needed attention. I just had to move on. Those memories have often awakened me during the many years that followed. I've also often thought of his mother. She was notified of his death by two strangers in uniform. There was no way she would have known that his last words and thoughts were of her. And that was Dave's experience uh, as a medic over there. One day he said they brought in 200 bodies, um, people that were in various stages of dying and amputees and so on. And uh, it really affected and impacted my brother in a huge, huge way. Dave got, received the Bronze Star for his heroism that day, and yet uh, I didn't know about it for 35 years later. He wouldn't even talk about it. Anyway, wow. now to the story in my book. This is a story in the, veteran, the chicken soup for the veteran soul. Diana Poole was an Army nurse in Vietnam. She was assigned to the 67th Evacuation Hospital in Quinnan. This was less than an hour's ambulance drive from the 71st evac where I was stationed. I made that trip a few times with our patient's trust fund after our hospital was turned over to the South Vietnamese Army in 1971. Diana was a captain and because of her rank she was assigned as the head nurse of the orthopedic ward which primarily held soldiers with traumatic amputations. She took her role very seriously and had a reputation for strictness. She had two years experience at Letterman Army Hospital in San Francisco before going to Vietnam. 
Regardless of that experience, she was not prepared for Vietnam. But then who was? One of her rules was, nurses were not allowed to cry. The wounded and the dying men in our care needed our strength. Now I will continue with her words. I was always straight with the soldiers. I would never say, oh, you're going to be just fine if they were on their way out. I didn't lie. I remember one kid I didn't want to tell. The badly wounded soldier uh, couldn't have been more than 18 years old. I could see immediately, immediately that there was nothing we could do to save him. He never screamed or complained, even though he must have been in a lot of pain. When he asked me, am I going to die? I said, I said, do you feel like you are? He said, yeah, I do. Do you pray? I asked him. He said, I know, uh, I, I know the prayer. Now I lay me down to sleep. That's all I know. I said, and the nurse said, good, that'll work. When he asked me if I would hold his hand, something in me snapped. This kid deserved more than just having his hand held. I'll do better than that, I told him. I knew I would catch flack from the other nurses and corpsmen, as well as possible jeers from other patients, but I didn't care. Without a single look around me, I climbed onto the bed with him. I put my arms around him, stroking his face and his hair as he snuggled close to me. I kissed him on the cheek, and together we prayed. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Then he looked at me and said one more sentence. I love you, Mama. I love you. Before he died in my arms. Gently and peacefully, as if he were really just going to sleep. I then slipped off his bed and looked around. I'm sure my face was set in a fierce scowl, daring anyone to give me a hard time, but I needn't have bothered. All the nurses and corpsmen were breaking my rule and crying silently, tears filling their eyes or rolling down their cheeks. I thought of the dead soldier's mother. She would be informed that her son had died of war injuries. That was about all she would be told. I thought she always might wonder how it happened, how he died out in the field. Had he been with anyone? Did he suffer? If I were his mother, I would need to know. I sat down and wrote her a letter. I thought she'd want to know that in his final moments his thoughts were of her. Mostly I wanted her to know that he did not die alone. I looked at the clock. There were five minutes left in that 16th day of October. Just enough time to take my pills and close my eyes. The next morning as I awakened and saw the light, I prayed to God and expressed my undying gratitude. Uh, that is an uh, unbelievable experience. Yeah. And so many and young Veterans men Day. and women that, yeah. that were there. Mm -hmm. Just it's so sad. Yeah, and it's still going on. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, uh, I wrote now. a book 10 years ago called The Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life, which was based on the, the teachings of Lao Tzu from 2,500 years ago. That's 500 years before, 500 years before the birth of Christ. And he was in a place in China called the Warring States, where everybody was just at war and killing. And he was just so, um, so opposed to this whole idea of enemies and fighting and war. And I thought it was such a low, uh, such a, a reflection of the the lower levels of our humanity, that he decided to leave and uh, go off and be, be alone by himself for the remainder of his life. And 
as he uh, as he exited the city walls, he dictated the uh, the Tao Te Ching, the the book of the <clears throat> the book of the Great Way. The Tao Te Ching, which I has eighty one verses in it, which is one of the most important books ever written, and uh, I took each one of those eighty one verses and wrote an essay on them, and I think about twenty or twenty five of the verses in there talk about enemies and war and and killing and and how they are such lower uh, elements in in our, in our consciousness, and uh, and here we are two thousand five hundred years ago, and the history of humanity has been man's inhumanity to man, our inability to see that we are connected to everyone that we are attempting to uh, that we are attempting to defeat through war and through killing uh, and it feels like my mission to see if we can change something like that and but the people who have been out there and and fought in those wars and uh, and uh, and died so that we can all have the freedom to to worship the way we want to and to think the way we want to we we just owe so much so so much to these people and there's so many of them. One soldier every single day in America um, commits suicide because, because it's such an affront to their to their humanity. This idea of being given a gun or being told that your job is to go out there and, and kill other people or burn their villages or drop bombs on them and so on. And it's more than an affront to their humanity. It's a, it's really a, a taint. It's a tainting of their soul um, that we. Uh, we do in the name of uh, honoring your country and what we really need to do is get to a place where we where we instead of just saying that we love God that I don't think God needs us to love God what God wants us to do I think more than anything is to love each other to figure out a way to love each other um, and that's sort of my mission and uh, I don't have an answer to what to do to with so many of the horrors that uh, that show up in the on the world but I do know that if if enough of us uh, begin to realign ourselves in a, in a way of peace and love and kindness toward each other, that ultimately it'll be the thing that we resolve, way we resolve our conflicts. But uh, today is a day of celebration, and if you'll go on my Facebook page, just uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer Facebook, it'll come up, and you'll see those pictures of Dave and I in the orphanage, and you'll see us together now. And, uh, and he was and in the service of, for his whole career, is that right? He spent 22 years in the service. Wow. Yeah, 22 years. Two two tours of duty overseas in Vietnam, uh, and he saw the worst of it, and it affected him in such a huge way. Uh, he became an alcoholic. He wrote about it in his book. Um, uh, it's a uh, Balboa book, Out of the Darkness, I think, or no, no more darkness. Well, anyway, maybe you can look that up and give us the exact title. You can read it, but he he talks a bit about it. But he kept that stuff inside of him for all of those years. It was. Uh, he wouldn't even talk about it, and I, I, like I said, I didn't even find out about what a hero he was over there until uh, 35 or 37 years had passed when he finally was able to talk about it. Mm, and people today, are so affected. Yeah, he's left. His Parkinson's brought. Came, his Parkinson's came on um, when he was, I think, 68. So uh, he's now 76. So that was eight years ago, and um, that's when he quit drinking. Uh, and he drank every day before that. He was an alcoholic and admits it, of course. Um, and then became a writer, started writing, um, and um, has appeared with me on stage in many different uh, cities. And, um, and now you can't shut him up. He won't stop talking. He's a deacon, he's a deacon in his church. He was an atheist uh, for a long time. He just didn't want anything to do with any of that. And today he, uh, he gives talks, especially at Veterans Times. So. 
He went to the wall in, in, in Washington, D.C., the Vietnam, the Vietnam, where they have every single person who died in Vietnam on that wall. Right. And that was the day, that was the day that he gave up drinking and, um, and, and turned his life around and became a writer at the age of 68. That's why he says he's, in, he's even grateful for his Parkinson's because it took, that, it took the bottle away from him, you know, that he, that he relied on every day to get through the days. So many men and women so, coming back dealing with that, too. You know, even you know, yeah. today, the, the men and women coming back from Iraq and Afghanistan and, you know, not it's, getting the support yeah. they need. and Yeah. And we need to be, you know, really, really thoughtful about when we send these young kids off to, you know, what the impact that it makes on them. And why are so many of them in the military committing suicide now? So many of them. Mm-hmm. Um, because their souls have been impacted by, you know, their souls know that we're about love, not about hate right. and killing. That's, that's the lowest part of ourselves. That that's anyway, not that's really my, our nature. That's my no, it's not. No, our original nature, Lao Tzu said, is gentleness and service and kindness. Uh, yeah. Well, it's that's a good message for from. us to think about today. Yeah, today, and as we celebrate Veterans Day today and tomorrow, tomorrow's the official day, eleven eleven. But I think that uh, in America they're celebrating it. Um, I think, I think the banks and the post office. I'm not sure how that works, but it doesn't <laughs> matter whether it's today or tomorrow. It's just a reminder, too. And I have so much love for my brother and uh, uh, so much respect for all that he went through. Such a great relationship you guys have. Yeah. Yeah, we do. To find out more about Dr. Wayne Dyer or any other Hay House author, please visit hayhouse.com. Thank you for listening.